All right, championship week is here in the NFL. Some surprises. I was not surprised, though. Third week in a row, I picked the upset. Thank you. I'm not going to <laughs> pat myself on the back or toot my own horn, but toot, toot. Uh, well, you need to go to Vegas then. <laughs> I'd, fall all the, I'd fall to pieces if we went to Vegas. If there was money on it, I'd fall to pieces. It would never happen. Oh, Guys, welcome to the final score. It is January 15, 2020. Like I said, we are, it, we are approaching ASC and NFC Championship weekend. Um, and just a ton, a ton of NFL news going on. Of course, you had the National Championship game. This past Monday night, Clemson loses to uh, LSU, 42 to 25, and and you know, my heart was saying Clemson, but my head said uh, LSU. It was just, and Clemson didn't play their best game for by any means. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence didn't. Yeah, he looked he a little good. off, and and the secondary for Clemson wasn't up to par. But uh, you know, what can you say about LSU? They were a powerhouse all year. Joe Burrow. Welcome to Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> looks like that's going to be, unless Cincinnati is, is totally lost their mind, that looks like that's going to be what happens in Cincinnati. Um, I saw a joke that said the Redskins need to trade out from two to one. They <laughs> <laughs> trade the farm. Can you um, imagine if that happened, though? I'd be fine with it. You got your boy Haskins there, though. Haskins is signed, but Burrow looks awesome. But remember, <laughs> Haskins beat out Burrow a few years ago. Yeah, that's right. It, Burrow was at Ohio State. State. So, uh, yeah, like, I'd trade Haskins and a couple first rounds to move up one spot. Let's do it. Well, make the call. I'm sure they'll li- they'll listen to you. Well, there's a general manager position open at Washington State. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we also had two retirements and one legend that we thought might retire, decide to come back this year. But uh, let's get to the one we knew was going to happen, or we kind of figured was going to happen. Antonio Gates announced his retirement from the NFL. Long-time San Diego slash L.A. Charger. Uh, one of the most, you know, actually, his, him and Phillip Rivers had the most touchdown catches between a quarterback and a tight end in history. And I think they were like second uh, of any receiver, any kind of receiver in the hit in history of the NFL, um, can't say I'm really surprised about him because he did not play this year. I know the Chargers had him back when uh, tight end Hunter Henry uh, it, it got injured, and they had him back for a while last year, but didn't play at all this year. So he announced his retirement, and probably it will go down in history as one of the best tight ends in the history of the NFL. Undrafted free agent. If that that tells you anything right there with it, that tells you how they can miss they can miss the ball on some of these guys. So he retires after 16 seasons with the all with the Chargers. And then the one that shocked me. Uh, it shocked everybody. I, I mean, this was like, and I'm not even a Panthers fan, but I am definitely a Luke Keekley fan. I would love to see Luke Keekley in a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform, but, you know, of course that didn't happen. But after eight seasons with the Carolina Panthers, Luke Keekley announced his retirement yesterday via 
a video on the team's social media website. Um, you know, pretty much said that he couldn't, if he, he always liked to play fast, he liked to play hard, he liked to play physical, and he felt like he couldn't play as fast and physical as he was before. He couldn't get it going like he, he did before, and because of that, he had to retire. I just hope, you know, I, and I know he's been there eight years, he's 28 years old, and he has had some concussions, missed 10 games in his career because of concussions, but I just hope there's nothing, you know, really, really pressing nothing here. Wrong. I, hope he's, I hope it's something he's doing to prevent something bad from happening to him. You know, I hope it's nothing they've already seen, um, but... It it's kind of worries me because you know listening to some of the media today, one of the reporters for the Panthers said that they just talked to him uh, after after Rule was named the coach, and he was talking about how much he was looking forward to working with Rule and and getting back getting back in 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 the Panther mode again, I guess. And that just worries me there because it looks like he had planned on. Doing something that some, that something may have happened that it really changed his mind and I, I don't know I it just worries. It's his age though. Something has to be. Yeah, I, it was so twenty eight years old. Yeah, and uh, something definitely. It sounds like something definitely is going on. I pray that it's not. But Luke Kuechly retires after eight seasons with the Panthers. You know there was people there was people on Facebook today making comments. That he was going to go to another team. He was just retiring so he could leave Carolina and go to another team. I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, I think this is something is going on, and he's trying to make sure that later in life he's able to to function like he wants to. Like play with his kids or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, just leave it alone and don't. Let's not even hear anything like that. I hope that's not. I don't think he would do anything like that to the to the Carolina Panthers organization. Also, Larry Fitzgerald announced that he's returning for his 17th NFL season. I'm shocked by that. You know, he said he, last, he said last year was the most fun he's ever had in an NFL season. So, with this... No, yeah, he went to the Super Bowl one time. Yeah, but he says that that young group, he was excited about where that young group of uh, core players is going to go, and he, he wanted to come back one year. I'm not sure, just reading the stuff, if he's saying he's coming back for one year. He signed a one-year deal. If this is going to be, if he's announcing this is his last year or what. But, you know, he's getting to the age now where I guess you have to go year by year. So, yeah. I, I was yeah, kind of surprised myself that, <laughs> that, he was, that he was coming back. But, oh well. So... Let's go to, we haven't talked about Antonio Brown in a while. Not in a week or two, right? Yeah. What did he do this time, Stevie? Tell me. <sighs> All right, well, this is, this is why I'm saying this guy is crying out for help. He may not know it, but this guy needs help. Help. He needs it bad. Uh, the Hollywood Police Department in Florida announced its athletic league cut ties with Antonio Brown on Tuesday after he verbally berated officers and the mother of his children in a video posted on Instagram. To quote public information officer Christian Lada said in a statement, we made the decision to sever ties between Mr. Brown and the Hollywood Police Athletic League. 
We did not want our youth to be subject to this type of behavior nor emulate the actions of Mr. Brown. The department returned a donation to Brown that he made on January 9th for the Police Athletic League 707 Football Division. We will not take money from a donor that we cannot have our youth be proud of or represent our organization. Now, when on this Instagram video, he repeatedly shouted profanities at officers and former partner Chelsea Kiris, whom he accused of trying to take his Bentley to bring their three children to wow. school. Now, the kids were there during the altercation. So he did this in front of his kids. So, the saga, the saga continues with this guy. I mean, you, you're... We've talked about it before. Vontez Burflick's hit has changed this guy. There's something loose up there in that head. I'm telling you. You think that's going to happen, right? I, I mean, I'm sure there were things that happened before, you know, because, you know, when you get money, things tend, tend to change some people. But this is crazy. He's not. He's ruined his career. I mean, from... From what he did in Pittsburgh to to when he got New England got rid of him to criticizing Robert Kraft to saying that the Saints try, doing a tryout for him was a publicity stunt, you know everything everything he does he's got he's got some kind of excuse for. He's got to lash out at somebody. But it's never his fault. It's always somebody else's fault. So something is going on in that head, and I think. Uh, I think Mr. Burflick knocked a few screws loose, or something. Something is not right. I think this guy, I think this guy really needs help. Uh, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not joking when I say it. I think he needs help. But yeah. what do I know? I'm not a doctor. So <laughs> yeah. let's get to who else we got to talk about up here today. How about how about the guy who's trying out to be an XFL kicker? And oh, Ocho Cinco. Yep, tell me about it, man. Ocho Cinco is actually trying out for the XFL, but not as a wide receiver. He's going to try it as a kicker. And he has a precedent where he kicks an extra point and a kickoff in a preseason game in the NFL. Do you think he'll make it? Did you I, know I that? Think, no. No, he won't make it. You think somebody will put him on – you think they'll put him on the roster just for, just for uh, publicity's sake? No, you – I don't think so. I hope not. I hope this is a more serious – uh, league than that this time. No, they're going to give him a shot. It was publicity to get a shot and just go from there. So, let's see, let's see. I'm still shocked that he's trying it. You know? Well, I mean, I'm not shocked that he's trying because he, he's tried for years. So, to to get, saying he could come back to the NFL and all this stuff and nobody would give him a chance. All right. Let's talk about these ball games from this past weekend. Huh. It was a fun weekend. It was. It was. It was, it was a wild. One game was really, really wild. It was like no game I'd ever seen before. Kind of reminded me of a game I had seen in the past, but it it it, it just got ugly really quick. I, if it had stayed competitive, then I would say that was like a almost exactly like that game. But anyway. Let's start off with the Saturday games, the Vikings and the 49ers. Now, we all said, I think both of us said that the Vikings were... The Vikings. Were, yeah, I thought it'd be closer. But, I'm telling you, San Francisco's defense, wow. Dalvin Cook had, what, 18 yards? 
and they had, now count this, I'm talking about total first downs for Minnesota in the game. They had seven. Seven total first downs. And it probably wasn't because of Captain Kirk, was it? No, no. Captain Kirk, the interception he threw to Sherman, I don't, I mean, I don't know whose fault that was. It kind of looked like you could blame it on Thielen, because Thielen, but he threw it. It, it, it had to be like a timing pattern because he threw it before Thielen had even turned around and Sherman just jumped her out and that was it. And did you hear Sherman coming off the field to the sideline? You like that? You like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. And, and never lived that down. 49ers just dominate, especially the second half. It's 14 to 10 at halftime. So it was, it was closer. The score was closer than the actual game was. But the whole second half, the, the defense for the 49ers just dominated the Vikings. I mean, there were some garbage plays near the end, but they still couldn't get any points out of that. But uh, the 49ers move on 27-10. to And they will host the NFC Championship game against either the Packers or the Seahawks. Now, the, the Saturday night game, oh, man. Once again, people said I was crazy for picking Tennessee over Baltimore. Picking, we're going to Vegas, man. We're, you know, and and one of the things we talked about was how Tennessee might come out and do a little something different. Well, I after they got ahead, they didn't really do anything different than what they did in New England. I'm telling you. Mm-mm. Tannehill had 14 passing attempts, 88 yards, two touchdowns, which the two touchdowns were what got them ahead early, 14 to nothing. And the, But the Ravens were never even in this game. Do you remember us talking probably a couple of months ago? Oh, gosh. When, or maybe a month ago when everybody was talking about Baltimore is going to win the Super Bowl. Baltimore is going to win the Super Bowl, and yeah. I, and we said, the, you know, he's yeah, doing great it. now. They're doing great now, but the playoffs are a different atmosphere. He's, he's on, this is only his second year. Can he hold up to that kind of pressure? And he didn't. Lamar Jackson didn't. Yeah, of course the stats. He got him in garbage time in the second half. The stats are padded. Three hundred sixty-five yards. One touchdown, two interceptions. He also had a fumble. I, I will tell you the honest truth. This is what I did Saturday night. I had to work early the next morning. So, of course, I DVR'd the game. I, I was had gone to bed, was watching the game. It was 14-6 to at the half. Baltimore starts going down the field. I was like, okay, here we go. They're going to start coming back now. So, I turned the TV off. I said, I'm going to go to bed. And I kept waiting because my phone will give me notifications. And I kept waiting Ooh. to hear it. And, I, and you know, it was like 10 minutes later. Because they were in the red zone when I cut, it, cut the TV off. But I get a notification about 10 minutes later and I look at the phone. It says Tennessee 21, Baltimore 6. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and then I look and it dings again. And it says Tennessee's in the red zone. And I'm like, this this thing has got to be going crazy. Something's wrong here. So I I flipped the TV back on, and sure enough, Tennessee has has got the ball back. 
And that's when they threw probably the best play call of the night. This was the second touchdown. Yeah, that's what it was, the second touchdown. Third touchdown, excuse me, was the jump pass from Derrick Henry to, uh, I don't know, even remember. Oh, I love that, yeah. To Corey Davis. I watched the whole game. So, yeah, I watched the game, yeah. And Tannehill really getting, the, getting the last touchdown on a one-yard run. And I'm telling you, uh, you can tell me if you disagree or not, Baltimore was never in that game. No, they weren't. And that's what I'm talking about. Can this guy handle the pressure of a playoff game at home? The last year he last year he chose two during the playoffs. This is two years in a row. Last year against San Diego, oh, Los Angeles, excuse me, at home <laughs> he he did the same thing: fumbles, uh, turnovers, and and ended up he he got them back in at the end, but it was too late then. He then he ended up fumbling. And that sealed the deal for for the Chargers then, but this one was you know. And what about Derrick Henry? Thirty carries, one hundred ninety five yards. Now this guy runs like the old school running backs. I mean, like a John Riggins. This is a big dude that can flat out run. The stiff arm on Earl Thomas. Oh my gosh! When he turned him all the way around, it looked like Earl Thomas was blocking for him. I was like, wow. And, and then you hear the Ravens fans talk about that play. There was a Ravens fan on Facebook that was uh, having a discussion, quote discussion with me. Uh, well, he, he that was actually a smart play because Thomas took away the inside lane. I said, he didn't take away no inside lane. He was blocking for, for him. He got turned all the way around. He didn't even know which way he was going. I mean, come on. <laughs> and... and you know, they they made a lot of excuses for some of the Baltimore fans. I'm not saying all Baltimore fans, but some of them did. And some of them that I told months ago that if, if they wanted to go to the Super Bowl, they better, better buy a ticket. Haven't seen them all week. So, they've been... That was good. Yeah, I mean, this guy's been coming in to where I work for the last month, dressed head to toe with... So he works, is he a co-worker? No, uh-uh. Okay. He comes in there the last month, dressed in head to toe, and point points at me like, you know, and says something smart to me. So I haven't seen him since. So, He's I, a customer. Yes, a customer. but you, you know, I'm just saying it's funny he hasn't come to store since Saturday. I don't know. He doesn't want to see you. Exactly. He doesn't want to face the music. Come on out and get your whipping. That's all <laughs> you got to do is come on out and get your whipping. Uh, and I see those Facebook posts. Where them boys at? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now, now we got rid of the the Patriots. We got rid of the Ravens. So all is well in the sports in the NFL world. I'll put it that way. Um, Sunday games, and we'll start out with the first game: Houston at Kansas City. And man, I'm at work, and you know, like I said, my phone. Gives me notifications and my phone starts going crazy. At the first of the game, I look, you know, Houston's up seven nothing, long pass. Then they block a punt. Then they score again. Oh, I was texting you too. And yeah, you were texting too. Well, this game is crazy. <laughs> Excuse me. And I will tell you this: it was twenty-one to nothing when I left the store, and I live about ten minutes from the store. So I did stop and get pick up. A few things, 
by the time I got home, let's say 15 minutes, it was 24 to 21 Houston. After after they were up 24 nothing, the Chiefs end up score outscoring them the rest of the game 51 to seven. I know, How does this so happen? Horrible. I mean, well, the Chiefs were a better team for one. No so doubt, no one. doubt. And it just yeah. It just snowballed. I told you it was going to get ugly, though. I was texting you. Yeah. Even before they overtook, I said, this is going to get ugly quick. I can, I can say this. <laughs> this game reminded me of the 1981 divisional playoff game between Miami and San Diego. Uh, San Diego. Oh, my God. You're going deep cut, man. San Diego goes up 24 to nothing quick. And the, the Dolphins end up getting back in the game and tying it up on a hook and lateral play. But, you know, San Diego goes on probably one of the greatest NFL games in the history. One of the greatest I've ever seen. If you haven't watched it, it's on YouTube, and I've actually put it on my uh, Final Score Facebook page. I've got a link to it up there. Uh, you sit back and watch it and enjoy because it's, it's great. But this game got out of control. Uh, Kansas City, I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know if you heard this. Kansas City had to apologize to the fans on the PA system and on the oh, scoreboard. Oh, I didn't see this. Because they, 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 they set off fireworks after every score, and they ran out of fireworks because they had scored so much. Oh, God. Hi. That was awesome. And it said, please write customer service email to complain. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, Kansas City, you know, Pat, Mr. Gold Jacket, comes through again, yep. five touchdowns, over 300 yards pass and no interceptions. And if you saw them on the sidelines, this is one thing that impressed me on the sidelines. When they were down 24 to nothing, he was on the, just on the sideline telling the other players, let's do something special. Let's do something special. Well, yeah, I think he did. I think he really did do something special there, bud. So Kansas City will host the Tennessee Titans next Sunday in the AFC Championship game. And we'll talk about We'll give our picks in just a few minutes. So let's go to the night game. Seahawks traveling to Lambeau Field to play the Green Bay Packers. Now, this was a uh, toss-up for me. Packers, Packers lucked up. This was a toss-up for me. I thought the only reason I picked Green Bay was because I knew there was the conditions at, at Lambeau Field. Uh, they did have a blizzard there because they were calling Saturday Saturday afternoon. They were asking on on Twitter and on social media for volunteer shovelers outside Lambeau Field at 6 o'clock that morning. So, I don't know if they got tickets. I don't know what they got, for if they did it. But, yeah. So, I kind of figured that might have something to do with the outcome of the game. But, man, Green Bay poured it on early. The halftime is 21-3. to and yeah, they held on. Man, the defense. I was, I was impressed with Green Bay's defense. The first half. Second half, not so impressed because, you know, Russell Wilson, I think they made some adjustments at halftime. Russell Wilson was able to break free and scramble some, had some big runs, had some passes. And they hang on. Green Bay hangs on to win 28-23. to 23. Now, not without controversy. He didn't get that first down. He did not get that first down. And what Mm-mm. one of the things that was said, and I don't know if this is so or not, was that Pete Carroll was told he couldn't challenge the spot of the ball? Because it was under two minutes, right? 
Why? Why did the NFL? There's only two limits. And that's the thing. But why can't the NFL look at that and a play as important as that? They could have. They, they could, could have. have. Another thing that bothered me, and it, and I'm not taking up for the New Orleans Saints by any means, but early in that game, there was a play on the sideline, and I can't remember if it was a Green Bay receiver or a Seattle receiver on the sideline. Guarded and pushes the uh, the defender off, catches the ball, but pushes the defender off and makes a catch. Offensive pass interference called automatically. So you do this in the second quarter of a game, yeah. but you won't do it on a game-winning touchdown in the playoffs. You won't, and it was the same thing. Kyle Rudolph and this guy I'm I'm talking about both. Extension of the arm, pushed off, created space to make the catch. That's offensive pass interference. I'm sorry. I'm not going to take it to Congress like the rest of the Saints fans would. But like the Saints, but yeah. This, that's, that's, that's offensive pass interference. I don't care what you say. But they end up holding on on a third, what was it, third and eight. Jimmy Graham catches a pass across the middle. He's tackled. And it looks like at least maybe a half half a yard or, or, or a little bit more than a half a yard short. But he was definitely short. Now, why couldn't you look at that? I don't know. I'm going to tell you. It, it is a crazy, crazy thing. I mean, because every week, every week we, we hear there, there's some kind of call. And today... I don't know if you saw this or not. They announced who will be the head referee at the Super Bowl. It's oh, really? Who is it? The referee that was refereeing in the New Orleans Saints, Los Angeles Rams playoff game, championship game last year, that made the no call on the pass interference. Well, the referee's way away, right? I mean, he reviewed it. Sorry, he did review it. Yeah. What? Okay. They couldn't review I that last year. Yeah. Remember that? That's, this is that. Oh, you mean from last? I got you. Yeah. For you know the the pass interference that didn't get called. Right. Yeah. So this 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 is the guy that was the referee in that game. So you know I I don't know what kind of year he had this year. I don't know what how they determined. Who's going? Who's going to do that? Who's going to get the referee to Super They're Bowl? They're rated after every game, right? Aren't they rated? And then they pick some of the highest rated ones. I can't imagine that too many too many referees were rated great this year. I mean, first, it was a rough year. It was. I mean, and and listen, the the guy there was a Buffalo Bills fan that got me last night. We were talking about the playoff game, which when they blew the sixteen point lead at Houston, but he was he brought up the the kickoff when the guy threw the ball to the referee, gave himself up, threw the ball to the referee, and the referee was going to call it a touchdown. He said that should have been a touchdown, and I was like, "How do you figure?" He said the rules states, you know, that he he's supposed to take a knee. I said, well, if you go back and look at all these games this year, once he gives that signal 
And when he's holding the ball to the referee and throws the ball to the referee, I would say that there's no NFL player dumb enough to do something like that on purpose. I wouldn't think so. I, yeah, I wouldn't think so either. But, you know. <laughs> it, it, never know, right? Never know. <laughs> never know. So, here's our championship games that we got here. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about these. we got Tennessee at Kansas City. Tennessee is the sixth seed. Kansas City was the number two seed. So, why do I feel like Tennessee can beat Kansas City? Because they beat the Patriots and they beat the Ravens. Well, that... But they're not beating Mr. Goldjack. Here's no the thing. Way. Here's the thing. Now, follow me and, and listen to me here. Or just see Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry can run the ball and have these seven- and eight-minute drives, guess what? That keeps Mr. Gold Jacket off the field. Kansas City's, yeah, Kansas City's run defense is not that great either. I mean, you gave up 31 points. And, and I mean, granted, some of it was... Uh, a block punt, but their their run defense is not that great. Why do I feel like I want to pick Tennessee to win this? Because they got a shot, man. But you know, in another another way, I want I want to see Andy Reid get a Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, not saying that if they beat Tennessee that that they'll win it, but you know they'll be there again. But man, this is a tough one for me to pick, but. I'm going with Tennessee. I'm going Gold Jacket. But I, I wouldn't knew be you would go Gold Jacket. I'm going with Tennessee. I think it's going to be the best. The best strategy for them is to have long drives and to keep that Kansas City offense off the field. Now, if they get into a shootout, they're definitely going to get beat. And you, you tend to forget too. Tennessee has already beaten Kansas City once this year. And granted, like we said, that was regular season. This is AFC Championship game. So right. I think, too, one of the things that might help Kansas City is the fact that they lost the AFC Championship game last year, and that left a bad taste in their mouth, and they want to get back. They thought they were the better team last year, and I did, too. I thought they were better than the Patriots last year. But we'll see. But I'm going with Tennessee right now. On the other side, San Francisco hosting the Green Bay Packers. This is not hard for me at all. At San Francisco, I think San Francisco's defense just... I, I don't even think it's going to be a close, close game. I think it's going to be a, a double-digit game if San Francisco gets a win over Green Bay. Really? Yep. I mean, I just don't... I don't see anything that that Green Bay's got that that San Francisco defense can't stop. Yeah, uh, do you? No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, of course you got Aaron Rodgers, uh, but I'm just, I'm just not seeing, I'm not impressed. It, this, we said this before, not the best, this, this is one of the the worst thirteen and three teams I've seen. Oh yeah, and I think they 
barely hung on to beat Seattle, too. But, you know, and, and uh, people make a good point. It doesn't matter, and we've said this, too, doesn't matter if you win by 30 or win by one. The win's a win. Whether it's ugly or not, we're they're in the they're in the NFC Championship game. But I still feel like that's true. The only thing that would that would change my mind is is if the if I felt like the Green Bay defense could come out and play a whole game like they played the first half against Seattle. But you know the second half they they had a lot of a lot of cracks in the armor. I'll put it that way, and and. The Seahawks exploited it too, but you know, I think the Forty Nineers are going to win. I, I agree with you. I don't even think it's going to be that close. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to be a close game. And I know a lot of Green Bay fans out there listening will probably, ah, ah, ah. but you know, that's just how I feel. So, so I think it's going to be San Francisco and Tennessee on my side, and you say San Francisco and uh, KC. KC. Somebody yeah. brought up a good point. And they put this on Facebook the other day. If it ends up San Francisco and Green Bay, then you know State Farm Insurance paid the NFL off. <laughs> State Farm Bowl. <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah, so that that would be that would be pretty funny there. But yeah, yeah. so I gotta ask you this. And and this was on okay. my mind today. The two week break between the AFC champ, NFC championship game and the Super Bowl, what do you do you like the two week break? No, I, I don't. don't but they they put the Pro Bowl in between now, and it's just I, yeah, I'm not a fan. The Pro Bowl, what is that? That that's not even you don't they don't even take that serious anymore. I'm surprised it's still going. I can remember back in the day when the Pro Bowl meant something, when players actually wanted to play in the Pro Bowl, and now it's like you know blah blah. We don't we don't care about the Pro Bowl. So I mean. Why even have it anymore? I mean, I wish they wouldn't do the Pro Bowl. Just announce the um, announce Pro Bowlers like you've made All Pro or whatever. Well, they do that. that. You know, they do the, the All Pro thing, but you know, they don't need to play a game. I, I just don't. I think it's no one wants to play in it. No one wants to get hurt, and I understand. It's just, but here's the thing: I don't people know. played. People played in it back in the day, and they didn't. I mean, if they got hurt, they did. I didn't know about it, but these guys did it all the time. Did I'm telling you, and no offense to the guys playing today, but the guys back then were, must have been tougher than they are, because they would do things yeah. that these guys definitely yeah. would not do today. So I agree. That's they played, something. like, with their bell rung, too. Remember? You called your bell rung? Uh, yeah, your bell rung. Right back out there. Rub some dirt on, on whatever hurt, rub some dirt on it would cure everything. Yeah. And get back in the game. So, <laughs> now, something I'm, uh, first of all, let's talk a little bit about something else that happened Saturday and Sunday during the, during the NFL games. I turned the TV on. Right at, well, I turned it o- over to the uh, CBS coverage before the pregame coverage, and I look up and Bill Cower is talking to somebody, you know, talking about Lamar Jackson, and then a big dude with a jacket on. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, Bill Cower is like almost, you know, he's clenching his jaw again, like somebody trying to hold back the tears. Pretty cool the way 
the NFL did this this year, uh, coming out on television, on you know live TV, and uh, and informing Coach Cower that he was going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. Uh, they did that Saturday night, which Cower's family, you know, his one of his daughters and his wife was there. And then, you know, that wasn't good enough. The next day, during halftime of the Fox telecast of the Packers-Seahawks game, Jimmy Johnson gets the same treatment. And, man, I know you're not a Cowboys fan, but that's a moment that I was like, wow, this is great right here. You know, because you could tell that guy, Jimmy Johnson had a hard time talking. He was so emotional about it. You tell how important that was to him. And then to see it cut back to Troy Aikman in the booth, and he was wiping tears. You know, that that was pretty pretty cool to me. I, I like that. NFL should do more more things like that, uh, and we should see more of that. I think. But today, all right, we let's talk about the centennial class of 2020, which will be a. It's. I think what I'm hearing is going to be a different presentation. That's going to be in September. So, Cower and Jimmy Johnson were the first two. And there's 13 other members. One of them, Alex Karras. I don't know if you remember him. He was from the Detroit Lions. Great football yeah, player. I don't remember he, him at all. He, he also was, early on, he did the, the uh, Monday Night Football for a little while, for three seasons. You ever seen the movie Blazing Saddles? Yes, it's way too funny. Do you know? You know the what was the the big dude's name that everybody was scared of that hit the horse? Oh my God, I don't remember his name. That's Alex Harris. And you remember the TV show Mongo? 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 Yeah. Mongo? Mongo? There we go. And I know you remember the TV show Webster. Yeah. The dad, that's Alex Karras. So, oh my God! Yeah, he's more known for his, you know, because I Merle Olson was the only one who would do that. Merlin Olson, Little House on the Prairie, and yeah. Father Murphy. Yeah. Now the second guy. Yep. Is, do what? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yep, I okay. agree with you. Oh my God! So the next guy, I'm pretty excited about because this is a guy that I've argued for being in the Hall of Fame. Didn't understand why he was in the Hall of Fame, and a former guest of the final score did an interview with him this past year. Safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 74 to 87, Mr. Donnie Shell gets in the Hall of Fame. Now, they had a link online where you could listen to him getting the call. Man, and to hear his voice when he found out, he, he was so excited. I can't imagine uh, getting a call like that and going into a Hall of Fame. And finally, he goes into the Hall of Fame, really deserving. So that's two Steelers right there. Jim Colbert, offensive lineman from the Bears. He was on that 85 team that was so good. Um, yeah, he, he makes it. Winston Hill, he was an offensive tackle for the New York Jets in the, from 63 to 76 and the, and the Rams in 77. Won an AFL championship and a Super Bowl. A pro bowler for eight eight occasions. This is the guy you might remember, Lynn. Harold Carmichael. Okay. You remember that? No. Name? Uh, nope. Only Carmichael I know is in Chapel Hill. <laughs> well, he was a receiver. He was a tight end for the Eagles from 71 to 83. I know he was a big tall dude, wore number 17. Um, 
Led the NFL reception receiving yards his third season in the league. Walter Payton Man of the Year in 1980. Uh, franchise records for the Eagles for receptions, yards, and touchdowns. So he's very, I think, he, and that's the guy that's deserving there. This guy, some of these guys I don't know. I'm just reading. Duke Slater, offensive tackle. The first ever African-American lineman in league record. He played for the Milwaukee Badgers in 1922. The Rock Island Independents and the Chicago Cardinals. Next is Ed Sprinkle. Ed Sprinkle. (laughs) If you sprinkle when you tinkle. Sprinkle played at... That's wrong. Sprinkle played at defensive end. And wipe the seat. That's right. Played at defensive (laughs) end and linebacker for the Chicago Bears from 44 to 55. So, now, do you realize it's the Bears now have a record 30 Pro Football Hall of Famers. They're the, one of the oldest teams, though. Yeah, true. Um, I can't believe Joe Jacoby didn't make it. I'm, I'm kind of surprised at that, too. Uh, um, what does he need to make this team? I don't, I don't know. What, what is the criteria for an offensive lineman now? I really don't know. I don't know how they – I mean, do they go by how many Pro Bowls, how many all pros they get? I don't know, because there's no stats there. I don't know. I don't understand. No, I don't know. Bobby Dillon, safety for the Packers from 52 to 59, still owns the team record in career interceptions with 52. Cliff Harris, safety for the Dallas Cowboys from 70 to 79, won two Super Bowls, went to five, named to the Pro Bowl six consecutive years from 74 until his retirement. Mack... Speedy, and guess what position he played? Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Okay. Yeah, a receiver for the Browns from 46-52. Named to the NFL's all-decade team for the 40s. Led the league in catches four times and receiving yards on two occasions. Six-time All-Pro. Now the next one, Paul Tagliabue. Oh, I'm an NFL commissioner from 89 to 2006 yeah. when the league expanded from 28 to 32 teams. Succeeded Pete Rozelle. Led the NFL through realignment, construction around 20 new stadiums, and the signing of a television contract worth $3.6 billion. Jeez. Billion, That's like crazy. Dr. Evil. Steve. <laughs> Next up was Steve Sable. Now, this guy definitely deserves being because. He should have been there when he was alive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, began as an administrator at NFL Fins in 64, but before taking over for his father, Ed, as president in 85. Remained that in that capacity until 2012. During his time at the NFL Films, he voiced a number of football's greatest stories, won over 40 Emmy Awards, and was named to the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Man, I would love to have that NFL Films library at my beck and call. Can you imagine yeah. the stuff that's in there? The stuff? Oh, yeah. Wow. George Young, an executive with the Colts, the Baltimore Colts now, Miami Dolphins and New York Giants. He won two Super Bowls as general manager of the Giants. Five-time winner of the Executive of the Year Award. So five modern era players will also be inducted into the 2020 Hall of Fame class. Those players will... Do we know them yet? No. They will be revealed okay. on the eve of the Super Bowl. Now, I'm hoping Troy Palomalo is one of them. I think he will be. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But 
stranger things have happened. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he would be. They're also saying, you know, the Roonies are also saying that they've been told that the Steelers will, will just m might as well plan on playing in the Hall of Fame game. Because if Polamalu gets in, yeah. gets in, that'll be three. And they're still, they've still got another one that's eligible to get in that's still in the running. It's Alan Fanica, who was an offensive lineman for the Steelers. Can you imagine if four Steelers went in at one time? I don't see it happening. I can see three. I don't know if the well, this is an expanded, this is an expanded class, though. Yeah, well, I mean, what you got two, two of the centennial class, which is Cower and Donnie Shell, mm -hmm. and then you'd have Polamalu that would be going yeah. in, and possibly Alabanica. But a normal class, this would be crazy, but this is expanded to just, you know. Yeah, for the for the centennial late year, so it's 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 with good reason, and I I like it. I mean, it's it's a good thing to do. One of the things that I hated to see, and I, I wish I hadn't seen it, was Drew Pearson, longtime Cowboys wide receiver. Um, There's video of him. He shouldn't have. Yeah. He's visibly frustrated because he didn't make the cut again. And this was, he felt like this was going to be the year that he got in because uh, of the centennial year. A video of him with his family. It's a party atmosphere. They're wearing his jerseys, and he doesn't get in. And he, you know, one of the quotes, first thing he says, "They're breaking my heart." And uh, you know, I can, I looked at his stats and I compared him. And this is this is hard for some people to believe, but he makes a good argument because the Steelers. Have a Lynn Swan is in the Hall of Fame, and his stats are not as good as Drew Pearson's. Which Drew Pearson was around for a little bit longer, but still, if you're going to put Lynn Swan in there with with his stats, Drew Pearson definitely deserves to go in. And I mean, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but that's just that's just how I feel. I mean, if he's got the stats. I he needs to go in. You can't. So you remember it. you did the Donovan McNabb thing? <coughs> remember that? With yeah, I remember. With McNabb? Yeah. So. And, and look, yeah. I mean, just like we talked about Donnie Shell last year, comparing his stats to Champ Bailey, who went in last year. Champ Bailey played cornerback, and Donnie Shell had almost identical stats to Champ Bailey, but the difference was. And. and they make this argument all the time. The difference was Donnie Shell had won four Super Bowls. Champ Bailey hadn't won any. And that was, you know, because... Did he ever play in a Super Bowl? I think he played in one. I think he played in one. But I may be wrong. Well, I, was yeah, he I on that know. Broncos team that got blown out by the Seahawks? I think he was, but I may be wrong. Optable. I think he was. But, you know... You can't. They can't there, there's some arguments they make where they say, "Well, he didn't win. The reason he's not in is because he didn't win. So he didn't win any Super Bowls. Marino didn't win Super Bowls. He's in. Granted, he, he put up great stats. Yeah, he put up great stats. He deserved to be in just by his stats alone. Dan Fouts never went to a Super Bowl. He was great, too. He deserved to be in. So don't give me the whole, they didn't win 
they they're not in because they didn't win in the Super Bowl crap. Uh, that doesn't hold hold a candle to me. I don't I don't believe that. Yeah. Just go by their stats. I mean, they're playing in the NFL. It's not when like McNabb's going to get in. Well, you know, he, you look at it. His stats are, are just just as good, if not better, Aikman, than Troy right? Aikman. Yep. So, I mean, Troy Aikman had what three Super Bowls? How many did he get? Yeah, he had three. Two or three. Three? Yeah, two okay. with two with Jimmy Johnson and one with well, you might as well say with Jimmy Johnson, but Barry Switzer was was there on the sidelines. He took his players. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell on what I what I feel about the Hall of Fame. But it's always going to be it's always going to be an argument there. It's always going to be an argument why people. Don't oh do yeah. Uh, you got sports writers that won't vote for certain guys because they wouldn't give them interviews, stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's They're just being taking it too personal. Yeah, it too personal. Uh, so now I'm just seeing that Garrett, Jason Garrett, is definitely interviewing for the Giants' offensive coordinator job. Well, how weird is that going to be? Judge, him? right? Coach Judge is Judge, the coach. Coach Joe Judge. See him every weekday oh, at four o'clock on. Uh-huh. I wonder who the coach is for the New York Guardians XFL team. You know what? We're, it's getting close. We really need to up our stuff. One week soon before the season starts, yeah, we need I'm to. I'm doing a double one. You know, after the Super Bowl, we can do a double. We talk about the Super Bowl. Actually, we can do it the same one. Talk about the Super Bowl and then do XFL, right? The XFL, yeah. Yeah, that'll take up the, the rest of the show. I have yep. to tell you about this because I did an interview earlier this week. People, people always say, "Well, y'all talk about football. Y'all talk about football," which is true. We do talk about some basketball. I've done, hey, dude, I've done some hockey in every once in a while. Yeah, and he has his hockey <laughs> minute. Uh, we did. I've done. <laughs> I've done three, three interviews this week. Two okay. basketball players, one baseball player. Now the baseball player was former. Atlanta Braves pitcher Denny Nagel, back from the 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 mid early nineties to to after two thousand was his career. But we were talking. He was talking about he was a football fan, and we were talking. This was Monday when I interviewed him. We were talking about his uh, how wild the Kansas City game was. He said, "Well, you know, I was definitely pulling for Kansas City because I've got ties to the Chiefs." And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, people don't realize when I started out, I was I started out in the Minnesota Twins organization, and on the road, my roommate was Pat Mahomes, which was his son. You know, of course, is Mr. Gold Jacket. So he said, I still keep, wow. Yeah, he said I still still talk to him, still keep up with him, and uh, he said he was he was definitely going to be pulling for the Chiefs. To win the Super Bowl because of them, so I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah, all right. So I think that's that's anything you got. You want your hockey minute this week? Yeah, there's still like the number one wild card hanging in there. They're playing in the death division where everybody's really good. So, but no, it's fun. I enjoy it. They play again tomorrow night against Columbus. I'll be watching it. Yeah, he'll suck. Uh, oh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. But hey, heck, Clemson 
beat the Tar Heels for the first time ever, and then turn around and beat Duke. So maybe Clemson's good. <laughs> well, I think maybe the ACC is trash this year, but yeah, uh, and, and the ACC struggled. Football, whether you want to realize or not, I, and a good friend of mine pointed this out, Gas Hodges. The ACC, you know what their record was in football against top 25 teams this year? Oh, not many to a lot. One, I think it was one in 25. And that was Clemson beating Ohio State. Ohio State. Yep. Clemson was good, though. I think they, they were good. Well, Clemson was um, good. I mean, they didn't get to the national championship by, you know, bad. just, yeah. They just they weren't given the spot. They had to be good, but I think the rest of the ACC was just not good. No, they were, they were not. the only good team. And there. basketball is bad this year. Virginia's lost a few games now. Duke doesn't look invincible like they normally do. And Duke's lost two, and it's losing bad, last man. night. But Carolina just—I I was listening to—I uh, was in my truck, and I listened to Roy Williams doing his his weekly show. And oh. he said, you know, he said, I'm not making excuses. He said, I would never do that. We, we're not talented. He said, but in all the years I've been coaching, I've never started more than two point guards in a season. He said, we're, we're through 16 games, and I've already started four. So... Cole Anthony might not come back, right? I mean, I mean he's going to go to the NBA. He may not ever wear a Carolina uniform again. Who knows? But well, how did he hurt himself? I don't know. Just tore meniscus. But they say he's going to be a top pick in the NBA draft, and I'm like, how? Based on three games? He played games? like, yeah. But, yeah, he'll go top five. I just don't just off reputation. I, honestly, I think he would be better off. And I'm not saying it just because that he'd probably be better off staying another year, but that won't probably won't happen. Not if you're going top five, you don't turn down that money. I don't know how how they can say we're going to give you top five. You're going to be a top five pick when you play four games. Potential, right? Is it it's potential? got to be. But well, he's Greg Anthony's son, right? Yeah, Greg Anthony's son. Um, you're basing you're pretty much basing that off what he did in high school, because you can't base it off what he did in the, in college. Because the four games he played weren't against top-tier top talent either. Um, no. no offense, UNC Wilmington, uh, Notre Dame, and I forget the other two, but they were not top-tier talents that he played against in the games he played. But anyway, that looks like that's going to do it for tonight. But we will be back again next week, as usual. And like I said, coming coming soon... We're still working on the details. It's a big announcement for for myself and for Lynn. Uh, trying to branch out. I'm excited bit. about it. Yeah, I am too. But everything's looking good, right? Everything's looking good. Everything's, everything's still good. looking good. And uh, hopefully we'll have some news in the next couple of weeks for that. Maybe by the maybe Super Bowl Super Bowl uh, edition we'll be talking about what our uh, announcement is. But uh, really excited about it. Cool. Glad, glad I got uh, Lynn along for the ride. Glad I, he's uh, Wayne and Garth. Like I'm excited about, about it. Yeah, I, I am. I'm excited about it. I am so. really excited about it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good. Let's thing. see what happens, right? Yep, <laughs> yep. And guys, get your final score hoodies. 
get your file score. Also, I can I I checked on file score. Somebody actually wanted sweatshirts, so sweatshirts. I can get sweatshirts too, and I'll give you the prices on that on on my Facebook page. But guys, that's gonna do it for this week. The AFC and NFC Championship games this week. Enjoy your weekend. I will be off this. Well, I'll be off Sunday, so I'll be. I'll probably be. Oh, checking. you're watching the game. Oh yeah, of course. I'll be checking awesome. in and out. I'll probably be checking in and out. I haven't done live videos in a while. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start doing those back again and uh, it's see your if I can. First Sunday off in a while too, man. Well, I was off the Sunday before last. Yeah. Okay. Usually every other Sunday I'm off, so unless something uh, oh, comes up. Then you'll be off Super Bowl Sunday. Then. Yep, I'll be off Super Bowl Sunday. I worked it out where I could. I can't believe I'm gonna miss Pro Bowl Sunday. Darn. <laughs> I don't think you're going to watch it. Yeah, that's a little sarcasm there. But anyway, keep your eyes on the Five Score Facebook page. And before we go, let's say you want to go to the Pro Bowl, but you need a ticket. How do you, where would you go to plan a trip to the Pro Bowl or anywhere else? Where would you go? You go to, you go to truenorthvacations.com. They'll hook you up with any of your travel needs. There's some free Disney dining out right now, too. So if you want to go to Disney and eat for free, this is the perfect time. TrueNorthVacation.com. You know yeah. what? I, I, I actually sat down the other day at work and was looking at the calendar because, you know, of course, the new year started. And I have to I have to go ahead and book my week, my two weeks of vacation before somebody else would get them, which I usually take the same same weeks every year. So, uh, yeah. The one in the summer, right? Yeah, one in the summer and one in in the usually the last week of March is when I take one, and that's usually a stay at home staycation. I'll put it that way, unless something Basketball. special comes up. You know, something special comes up. March, yeah, I, yeah. You know, can you believe? And I'm looking at my schedule up here for high school. Our, our team, we're finishing up basketball in two weeks. Two weeks from this Friday will be the last regular season game. That early? Yeah. I thought we played until like mid-February or something. Well, if you go to the state tournament, you probably did. This this is just a regular season here. All right. All right, guys. That is going to do it for the final score. We'll see you next week. You guys have a great week. Enjoy the ball games. See you, Lynn. Yeah.